This program is sponsored by the Psalm 127 Fund. For Zion's sake, I will not keep silent. For Zion's sake, I'll not hold my peace. Welcome to For Zion's Sake. Isaiah 62.1 is taken directly out of the Hebrew Scriptures when the prophet Isaiah declared, For Zion's sake I will not keep silent, and for Jerusalem's sake I will not keep quiet until her righteousness goes forth like brightness and her salvation like a torch that is burning. Your hosts for the program are Shelley and June Volk, Jewish believers burdened to see Jew and Gentile become one. Believers strengthened in their faith and for their Jewish kinsmen to come to the saving knowledge of Jesus as the Messiah, the Son of God. Bless the Lord. Welcome to For Zion's Sake. Thank you for joining us with the Volks. My name is Shelley. And my name is June. Hi, everyone. It's good to be with you as we start a new week of broadcasting. And if you were with us last week, you know that we are in a very serious and holy time of the year. We are in the midst of the fall feasts of the Lord. And all the feasts of the Lord, the spring feasts as well as the fall ones, are all spelled out in Leviticus. And we want to uh, remind you that these, uh, for the most part, have all been fulfilled, like the Passover has been fulfilled. We've seen, we've celebrated Pentecost. Now, last week, we spoke about the Feast of Trumpets. And this week, we're speaking about the Feast of, (coughs) excuse me, the Feast of Yom Kippur, the Day of Atonement. And this is the most holy day on the Hebrew calendar. I'd just like to start by reading that portion of scriptures from Leviticus 23. If you have your Bibles, we're going to be looking at verses 26 to 32. Leviticus 23, beginning at verse 26. And the Lord spoke to Moses, saying, On exactly the tenth day of the seventh month is the Day of Atonement. It shall be a holy convocation for you, and you shall humble your souls and present an offering by fire to the Lord. Neither shall you do any work on this same day, for it is a day of atonement, to make atonement on your behalf before the Lord your God. If there is any person who will not humble himself on this same day, he shall shall be cut off from his people. As for any person who does any work on this same day, that person I will destroy from among his people." You shall do no work at all. It is to be a perpetual statute throughout your generations in all your dwelling places. It is to be a Sabbath of complete rest to you, and you shall humble your souls. On the ninth of the month at evening, from evening until evening, you shall keep your Sabbath. So, Junie, we could see it's a very critical day, and it was observed throughout the history of our people, and we need to see that this is a foreshadow a foreshadow of what Jesus accomplished at the cross because he was our ultimate final atonement. In Hebrew, this day is called Yom Kippur. The word day is translated Yom in Hebrew, and Kippur comes from a Hebrew word kofar, which means to cover. That is the atonement. So the atonement for sins for the people of Israel were carried out on this day. In the Masoretic text, it says any soul that doesn't deny himself, and denial is a part of that day because 
Jews fast from evening to evening and deny themselves and commit themselves totally, wholly to have their sins repented of. It's a day of repentance. And in fact, it was such a serious thing for the high priest. He had to first be cleansed before he could offer a sacrifice for the people. And the whole procedure presents a prophetic picture, a foreshadowing of the Messiah that was to come. So we're going to look at Leviticus 16, and it goes into detail about what happened on that that day. So if you have your Bibles, turn with us to Leviticus 16. I'm going to read a portion of the scripture, and Juni will finish that part that pertains to Yom Kippur. Chapter 16, beginning in verse 3. Aaron shall enter the holy place with this, with a bull for a sin offering and a ram for a burnt offering. He shall put on the holy linen tunic, and the linen undergarment shall be next to his body. And he shall be girded with a linen sash, and attired with linen turban. These are holy holy garments. Then he shall bathe his body in water, and put them on. And he shall take from the congregation of the sons of Israel two male goats for a sin offering, and one ram for a burnt offering. Then Aaron shall offer the bull for the sin offering, which is for himself, that he may make atonement for himself and for his household. And he shall take the two goats and present them before the Lord at the doorway of the tent of meeting. And Aaron shall cast lots for the two goats, one lot for the Lord and the other lot for the scapegoat. But the goat on which the lot for the scapegoat fell shall be presented alive before the Lord to make atonement upon it, to send it into the wilderness as a scapegoat. Aaron was going to offer the goat on which the lot fell for the Lord and make it a sin offering. Then Aaron shall offer the bull of the sin offering, which is for himself, and make atonement for himself and for his household. And he shall slaughter the bull of the sin offering, which is for himself. Verse 12. He shall then take a firepan full of coals of fire from upon the altar before the Lord, and two handfuls of finely grained sweet incense, and bring it inside the veil. He shall put the incense on the fire before the Lord, that the cloud of incense may cover the mercy seat that is on the ark of the testimony, otherwise he will die. Moreover, he shall take some of the blood of the bull and sprinkle it with his finger on the mercy seat, On the east side, also in front of the mercy seat, he shall sprinkle some of the blood with his finger seven times. Then he shall slaughter the goat of the sin offering, which is for the people, and bring its blood inside the veil, and do with the blood as he did with the blood of the bull, and sprinkle it on the mercy seat and in front of the mercy seat. He shall make the atonement for... In the, for the holy place, because of the impurities of the sons of Israel, and because of their transgressions in regard to all their sins, and thus he shall do for the tent of meeting which abides with them in the midst of their impurities. When he goes in to make atonement in the holy place, no one shall be in the tent of meeting until he comes out that he may make atonement for himself and for his household and for all the assembly of Israel. Then he shall go out 
to the altar that is before the Lord and make atonement for it and shall make some take some of the blood of the bull and of the blood of the goat and put it on the horns of the altar on all sides with his finger he shall sprinkle some of the blood on it seven times and cleanse it from all the impurities of the sons of Israel consecrate it when the finishing atoning of the holy place and the tent of meeting and the altar he shall offer the live goat then Aaron shall lay both of his hands on the head of the live goat and confess over it all the iniquities of the sons of Israel and all their transgression in regard to all their sin and he shall lay on the head of the goat and send it away into the wilderness by the hand of a man who stands in readiness. The goat shall bear in itself all their iniquities to a solitary land, and he shall release the goat into the wilderness. You know, Junie, it really is such an elaborate, detailed, very particular way that God ordained this to take place. And again, we need to keep in mind when we speak about the appointed times of the Lord that these were foreshadows, these were preliminary to the ultimate sin offering to come, and that came, of course, through Jesus. So one of the goats was used for a blood sacrifice. It was a sin offering for the people. Its blood was brought inside the veil and was sprinkled on the mercy seat. And as believers, we know that our sins have been forgiven by the shedding of blood. But it's significant to really understand and allow it to be appropriated in our life what the other goat, which is called the scapegoat, signifies, which again foreshadows what Jesus accomplished at the cross. And again, these are appointed times of the Lord. And I just pray that you could see uh, it's more than symbolism, but it was uh, showing what would be accomplished by the ultimate sin offering and that sin offering, of course, was Jesus. It says in verse 21, uh, which we want to emphasize, the completeness and the deliverance that this goat represents for us. And the priest confessed over it the iniquities, the transgressions, and the sins of the people. And you know, that really covers everything. Um, the iniquities the transgressions and the sins really described unregenerate people. This is what we all lived in before we understood and accepted the ultimate sacrifice, which was the Messiah, the Holy One of Israel. And the priest confessed the iniquities, the transgressions, and the sins of the people. He put his, by putting his hands, both of his hands, laid on the goat, and it was sent out into the wilderness. And there is a recurrence, and that's what we're going to look at over these coming days. There's such a recurrence, I could say a pattern in the Hebrew Scriptures of a total cleansing that the two goats represented. Again, they did, there were two goats, and we see that what they accomplished for the sins, the transgressions, and the iniquities that all of those were accomplished in one offering, and that offering was Jesus. But we'll see as we go through this over the course of these days 
that a total cleansing doesn't just um, pertain to the sin in our life, and we're going to go through the meanings of all these three words, but the total cleansing is really the cleansing from sin, the cleansing from transgressions, and the cleansing from iniquities. And we're going to look at all of these words very carefully. And I pray that during the course of these days, you could reread Leviticus chapter 16, because it was the high priest Aaron who carried out all these functions. And it's really amazing, Juni, that he couldn't be used as an intermediary from God until he and his household were cleansed. Again, the particulars of this um, whole procedure were so intricate because God was showing our Jewish people that there had to be a certain way, not man's way, but God's way, for sin to be forgiven along with transgressions and iniquity. And again, the fact that it had to be done every year really showed that it wasn't uh, a permanent thing. And that's the glory of being cleansed by the blood of Jesus. It's a once and for all dealing with sin, transgression, and iniquity. So Lord, we thank you, Lord. Thank you for the foreshadowing that we see in the Day of Atonement where our sins are covered by the blood of the Messiah as well as our transgressions and our iniquities. And as we go through this week, we pray that everyone hearing it will appreciate what Jesus has done on the cross. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for joining us this evening. If you would like to get in touch with Shelley and June, you can write to them at P.O. Box 1784, Scottsdale, Arizona 85252. That's P.O. Box 1784, Scottsdale, Arizona 85252. And you can also contact them on their website, ShelleyAndJuneVolk.com. That's ShelleyAndJuneVolk.com. Until next time, the Lord bless thee and keep thee. The Lord make his face to shine upon thee and be gracious unto thee. The Lord lift up his countenance upon thee and give thee peace. This program was sponsored by the Psalm 127 Fund.